Whilst you're waiting for the next episode of Travel, Food and Booze, have a listen to an episode of our previous podcast, Our Lives in Italy. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Our Lives in Italy podcast, and our very special guest today is Carmela Hayes. Good morning, Carmela. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, very fine. Very fine this Friday morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for giving up your time to have a chat with us today. We've, we've sort of messaged each other on Twitter, and we, we may be sort of tried to meet up at all the, the shows that you do in Northamptonshire and stuff like that. So it's good to meet virtually. Just looking at what I know about you. So from what I know so far is that you, you're, you're of Italian parentage, but you grew up, grew up in little Italy in Bedford. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that then? Little Italy. I love it. I think I'm such a proud Bedfordian. Um, <laughs> because back, I suppose back in the day when I was a child in the, you know, the, the late 70s, um, you know, it really was Little Italy. You know, mm. Bedford was the hub. It had such a, a feeling um, of, um, of being Little Italy. You know, on every street corner you had an Italian deli. Um, you know, when, when, you know, you walk down the street, you'd see, you know, someone that you knew from the Italian community. It was such a tight um, community of people. You know, you could walk down the street and easily fall into someone's house that was an auntie or a distant relative or someone of someone else that you know, that, no, 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 you know. Um, do you know, it was, it was lovely. Um, I've still got family in Bedford. Um, and yeah, I was born in Bedford in, in 1977 and I lived in the actual um, town in Queen's Park um, for uh, eight years. And then um, we moved out then into a northern Bedfordshire village onto a farm. Okay. Um, and we kind of just, so still within Bedfordshire, but obviously we just came out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's where my nonna, when they emigrated um, in 1960, it's where they ended up um so she's still in the same house um and that's where my, my parents obviously um or my aunties and uncles grew up as well so there's there's kind of a real um a real comfort in Bedford because there are so many things that always bring me back there um you know when I when I think of Bedford I think of you know I think of Nonna who is 92 um she used to work at the chocolate factory at the Meltis in Bedford uh, I know um, it yeah um and that's where all whenever anyone emigrated all of the the nonnas that weren't nonnas at the time obviously they were just they were just mothers would all work at the Meltis um factory and uh, all the the nonnos the, the fathers would all go to Stevenage Brickworks mm-hmm. um so it's kind of such a um there's such a history if I speak to anybody I went to school with you will find the same the same kind of story Nonnas would work at the Meltis and, and, you know, grandfathers at the Brickworks. Yeah. So, I mean, did that sort of start your love of food, this sort of tight Italian community in Bedford? Is that where it started? Um, well, I've always loved food. Um, I, love, I love all food, but I was actually very late to anything else, you know, Chinese, Indian cooking. I didn't really have any of that until I was about 19 or 20 um, okay. because at home, yeah, um, at home, we had Italian food. I was brought up with Italian food, home-cooked Italian food. And, um, you know, the odd occasion one would make, I don't know, um, things like, if it was British food, it'd be like sausage and mash, or it would be a, a shepherd's pie. But the shepherd's pie would be 
an Italian shepherd's pie. (laughs) (laughs) Italianize everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we never had roast dinners. You know, so I very rarely cook a roast dinner um, because I was never raised with roast dinners. We'd always have Sunday pasta and that could be lasagna or cannelloni or stuffed pasta shells. It was always generally like a... um, you know, kind of a baked pasta dish. But my, my, my love of Italian food, I think, comes very much from family. But from these delis that I mention, um, when I was young and my sister was young, on a Saturday morning, mum would always take us to who's, whoever's deli it was, Valerio's deli or um, wherever we went. And, um, and we'd, we'd go in and mum would say, right, you two, I want you to sit down, choose your panino, not to sit down and let me get on with my shopping. So me and my sister would both sit down in the corner with a gorgeous kind of crisp panino with the most finely cut mortadella you can find. And that's it. So dry bread, mortadella, and we sat in the corner. And I swear to God, that would have that made, and you know, as, a, as an adult, as a 44-year-old woman now, that would make my weekend now. The smell, it's the smell, Craig. I can't explain to you. The smell of mortadella... Mm. Is, is a comfort but it instinctively and immediately takes me back to being a four-year-old little girl you know sitting on you know the step um you know the dusty old floor in the deli and I absolutely loved it I'd, I'd, I'd magic myself back there at any moment so yeah it's as you said it's sort of like you know the, the smell and the, the the smell of the food and all the little sort of peripheral things around it it always sort of evokes memories it's like me with you know if if and when I go back to England, first thing I always gravitate towards is fish and chips. Yeah, you see, it's kind of that comfort, isn't it? The sense of home. Yeah, and it's always the case because, I, you know, I was lucky enough to be brought up on the coast in England. So I always have my favourite fish and chip shop that I go to, sort of sit on the seaside, no matter what the weather, wrapped in newspaper. And as you said, it's like, again, you know, like I'm a four or five-year-old child. Yeah. It's, it's just those memories that is attached to food that sort of, you know, you know, people like you and me love, for example. You said that you didn't learn sort of things like Chinese and Indian cooking until you were sort of 19 or 20. Um, as far as Italian food was concerned, was it sort of weekends in the kitchen with mama and nana that sort of sparked um, your love of cooking? No, you know, in all honesty, absolutely not. I wasn't, um, I wasn't allowed in the kitchen. With my nonna, yes, um, I'd make fresh pasta with her and my sister and I would sit and we'd stand on the little steps and nonna would make the pasta and we'd eat it raw. As she's rolling it, we're kind of stealing one of the cicatelli or the orecchiette and we're we're nibbling them and my sister still does it now. Um, But with my mum, my mum was very much, um, you know, she was a homemaker um she was a fantastic mum she still is um and a fantastic cook but she was very much I'm cooking don't come and bother me so I never really had um you know that whimsical story of yes I used to watch my mum cook and that's the reason why Mm. um so no I never really had that I always had the interest but never gravitated to it I think in a way because I wasn't welcomed and I don't mean that in a in a negative way mum just wanted to get on and and you know produce you know lovely food that was simple mind mm-hmm. um but equally delicious but without me kind of you know my sister um under her feet so um i don't i don't really see that uh I suppose as a negative um 
I suppose my love of food really came when, uh, or my love of cooking, should I say, because I love food more than I think I should. Uh, but my love of cooking definitely mm. came from when I got me, married. Me too, me too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think when I got married and had my own children and all of a sudden it was like, right, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's try and recreate. Yeah. You know, and then it was like, right, mum, how did you make this? Mum, how did you make this? And then obviously you know there you go it's kind of you know I wanted I wanted to know everything and I think as a as an adult as a woman um you know my inquisitive mind has most definitely taken me um you know to the interesting realms as it were you know um, <laughs> within within the um you know within the family kitchens and what I love now actually is my mum will phone me up and go Melly, uh, Melly, how did you how did you make this? Or Melly, how do you do that? Melly, can you remind me again of how you do this? Okay. And I can't tell you how proud that makes me because she is my mum, who's called Solidea. She is my um, you've got Nonna, who's like the matriarch. She's kind of the the head of the family. She tells us, you know, she's still very much um, in the know of everything. But it is my mum who. Um, I thank daily for, you know, her support over the last 20 years yeah. in advising me and helping me um, and influencing me very much in my, um, you know, my love of cooking. And now she takes kind of, you know, notes from me, which is quite incredible, really. Yeah. So. As, as you said, sort of the sense of pride attached to that is amazing. We've, um, where we live in Italy, we've got the Italian family who own the apartment living downstairs. Just it's, it's like a two floor house that's been split in two. And one weekend, my wife, Lisa, who is an infinitely better cook than I am, said to the family downstairs, okay, for tomorrow, you come to us, we'll cook for you. And the look of terror on both our faces when we were looking at the family, sort of going, looking at them thinking, do they like it? Do they not like it? Are they going to be polite? Are they going to be not? And then all of a sudden, as I say, the matriarch of the family just went, oh, buona, buona. It's that, oh, there is a God. Thank you. <laughs> you know, just the, the sense of, you know, the, the, the approval that you get from, yeah. from the masters of cooking. Yeah. That it makes everything quiz. better. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Food, you know, it kind of instinctively just makes that bad day a bowl of pasta or a slice of pizza or a chicken cotolette or something that little bit better you know and and my kids you know I swear to god they open their eyes before they've even had breakfast they'll go what's for dinner tonight they're Italian because yeah because we <laughs> want to know what we're having so that we can get through you know the rest of of the day knowing that when I get home you know we're going to have something you know scrumptious you know it's difficult to please everybody but inevitably we, we get there in the end but yeah I mean in the five years that I've been living here my, um, my blood hasn't become Italian because I still like today it's just too hot but the one thing that has become Italian is my stomach it oh, yeah it's now rumbles at exactly the right time for all the meals <laughs> so you know so staying power now you can sit at that dinner table <laughs> that's what I love and it's difficult when you've got children because they they're up and out six minutes you know they're, they're throwing that food down can I leave the table mum and I'm like oh, just go just yeah. go yeah you know and uh like like you said just you know sort of sitting down and sort of to plow your way through a meal rather than sort of have it as something mechanical 
So, I mean, so you've had your sort of upbringing, your Italian upbringing, and then finally maybe being allowed into the kitchen to, to join in the cooking. Um, so then your love of cooking then blossomed into a career. So how did that happen? Where did you go with that? Bit of an odd one, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, it was a strange one. I think I've, I've never been completely fulfilled in whatever I've kind of carried out as a career. And I've, I have to admit, I was never career-minded. I always wanted to get married, have children, you know, just kind of just have an Italian family, as it were. Um, you know, and, and I did, and I have, and I had children, you know, from 25 up until I was 31. I had four children. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and during that time, I, um, I trained to become a chiropodist so strange okay i know um i know so <laughs> bit of a, bit of a left I, field thing but <laughs> but i trained to become a chiropodist and i qualified when i found out i was pregnant with my fourth daughter um chiara and um i uh and i, I was elated I, I just really enjoyed it i enjoyed the profession i enjoyed um having my own clinic i used to travel it, it was it was fantastic and i held my business for I don't know for about four years and then um I loved it but it wasn't fulfilling me mm. because I was so interested in food and I always have been and I never did anything about it until one day and this is the really strange thing mm. so when my children were all really young um me and the other you know mums around here um, went to uh, the park one sunny kind of summer afternoon, what have you. And um, we were there for about six or seven hours because having four children, it's just a lot easier to be out, believe it or not, than being home and having, you know, kind of stresses at home. So we had a lovely day at the park and I came home and I remember I made, um, we went to the park, because that's my first pee, mm. park, then I made pastina for my children and I made prawns for my husband. And it just made me laugh. So we went to the park, I made pastina and then my husband had prawns. <laughs> and I was just like, gosh. And I just looked at him and I just went, I'm going to start one of those blog things. Mm. He was like, oh, what? And I was like, well, I think I'm going to just start writing. And I wasn't on social media. And, um, and that was it. I kind of just, I walked into the kitchen. I was like, what am I going to call my blog? Um, and I like my name, so I just went, well, Camellas. And he just went, and I'm always, I live in my kitchen. In my kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's it. So 20, uh, 2012, um, I sold my business uh, for pittance mm -hmm. um, and just started writing. And then people were saying, oh, these recipes, can, can you teach me? So then I started teaching and, and then I got my first book deal. And then it kind of just went from there. Um, I just love what I do because I think, because I'm self-employed, you take the rough with the smooth. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so you take the good with the bad and the ups with the downs and the no work with the, I can't cope, I've got too much work. Um, but since then, you know, my work fits around my family um, and I've not looked back since. So now I'm uh, writing, my fifth book comes out in October this year, Pasta Fresca. Okay. Uh, yeah, Northern and Central Italian Family Cooking came out in May last year. Mm -hmm. um, Which I've got. <laughs> yes, it's actually my favourite. 
Um, and then I had an online book come out during um, during lockdown that I was asked to write. And I've obviously got the pasta, pasta fresca, and, and uh, a passion for pasta and Southern Italian family cooking, which um, the, the first book, Southern Italian family cooking, is my childhood. It's my childhood, you know, it's every recipe is what we grew up eating. You know, I was a family that you'd wake up on Christmas Eve morning and you'd walk down the stairs to the smell of squid cooking in a rich tomato sauce because that's what we'd be having. Oh God, I'm getting, I'm getting hungry. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it was just the book, that book in particular evokes my childhood and memories and happiness and sad times and, you know, um, jubilations, you know, and festas that we have. Um, It's great. It's great. Yes, I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky to be in a position where I can write, I teach, I travel the UK, you know, and it's, um, and last year, so March last year, I should have started teaching in Italy, but still not got there due to COVID. But you know, I'm not sweating it. We'll, we'll get there when everyone's safe and, and, you know, we can resume as best as we can. But yeah. in time, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, as you said, sort of, you know, get things kicked off again when everybody can open up safely. But yeah, of cause, course. Because you said you're, you're um, the first book that I sort of, dis- where I discovered you, your Southern Italian family cooking book. Um, because your family, as I understand it, sort of originate from Puglia, which, yeah, which is sort of, sort of the other side. Yeah, just yeah. the other side of me. What sort of things do you know about Calabria, where we live? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, not, not overly a great deal. I've been to Calabria twice, um, when I was very, very small, actually. Um, the book really covers more of the areas that I've been to and visited, mm. which would be Molise, um, which is quite an undiscovered region. Nobody goes there because it's so barren and yes. so yeah. um, so industrial. And so, um, um, I'm not going to say the word poor. However, there's not a great deal there in terms of, of jobs and things like that. But I've got lots of family there, my auntie Rita, who we adore. Um, and, and lots of my cousins are there. And Puglia, um, my dad was born in, ba- in Foggia. In Castelluccio Valmaggiore. Okay, um, yes, yeah. And yeah, and loads of my family have come from there. Um, we've got family in Naples. Um, but Calabria, I mean, I know Cal- Calabria for, you know, it's fantastic pasta, for its nunduia, for its <laughs> love of chilies, for, you know, the wonderful, you know, array of, of food that comes from, um, from that particular region. It's a very lucky region to have you, and you're very lucky to, you know, yeah. to have its place there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm infinitely grateful for where we live because, you know, we, we have a fabulous community here. You know, we were accepted from the first day we moved in. From, from my apartment, I can see the coastline and the beach and then out of the other window, I can see Mount Etna. Um, which incidentally, when um, Italy won the semi-final last night, almost exactly on the final whistle, Mount Etna erupted. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was if it was celebrating, it was very, very weird. As long as it went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's snor- it's snoring at the moment, so you know, we keep a careful eye on it. But but I suppose now that both semi finals have gone past as well, 
Italy-England final. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I'm married to a, a Mancunian. So, <laughs> um, my house, the other day when England were in the semi-finals, just was an uproar. It was, um, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's jubilation and, um, you know, there's me sitting there quietly <laughs> crying <laughs> in my hands. Um, and our house is completely divided. There's six of us. Yeah. Um, husband and four children and we've got well we've got my husband and, and Rocco my eldest son a very strong England supporters and you've got me Natalia my eldest daughter and Santino uh, we're Italian all the way and then you've got my youngest daughter Chiara who just says I just want everyone to win <laughs> so she's, oh. and, uh, she's on the fence doesn't want to upset anybody but um <laughs> you know it's kind of one of those things that um I want Italy to win because that's the Italian in me mm. um you know, but I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm born, uh, born here. I'm, I'm, you know, as British as anyone else as well. So it's kind of a, um, you know, it'd be great for England to win. It'd be, just be great. You know, make my husband incredibly happy, which means that, you know, it's all good all round, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, but, but, you know, my husband said yesterday, I was it this morning, he went, We've got to the final. As far as he's concerned, they've already won, which is a really nice way to look at it. Mm. Um, you know, so I just said on Sunday, I don't want any arguing. I want everyone to just enjoy the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but we'll see. So um, it's, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity and a great, um, a great chance for two, two fantastic countries, to be fair. Yeah. But Italy, uh, you know, the England team is brilliant. I mean, Gareth Southgate. Um, he's he's a star. He's 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 you know he's he's doing really well. But the Italian football team for me is I mean they're they're just they're just wild. They're fantastic. So let's yeah. see. As you said, sort of Gareth Southgate. I mean you know I I, I love football and rugby myself. So <clears throat> being being originally from Middlesbrough, I'm I'm a Middlesbrough fan. So Gareth Southgate was a player and a manager. As far as I'm concerned, he can do no wrong. But if, if I'm being brutally honest, Carmela, um, I think for Sunday, I think it's going to be a case of that, that Italy, I think, are going to play us off the park, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very much even Stevens at the minute. We'll see. Yeah, we'll wait and see. But Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Sunday, I'll be down to the local pizza place along with everybody else because they're, they're um, having a Giro pizza evening. <laughs> so yeah. I'll be doing that. So so watch watching with the locals and whoever wins, it'll be a good night out. So just just a few other questions, just to sort of quickly finish off because I don't want to keep you too long. Obviously, people obviously sort of like to recreate stuff from cookbooks at home and things like that. Do you do you have any sort of tips for a home cook? Some sort of fail safe things, for example, things that maybe you know everybody should know. Tricky one, really. Um, when it comes to cookbooks, now I I know I write cookbooks, but I also buy cookbooks. I love cookbooks, and um, I always think that space is, is the big thing. Um, so if you've got room, then you know get get some nice books or buy some key cookbooks. Whoever your favourite cooks are, um, and you know cook one or two recipes from them, but don't think you can never achieve something you know three of my books are paperback books that have no images in them um, and you get people that say oh well I, I like that 
you know, and, and I'm very much, well, I like to cook from books like that because I haven't got a vision of something that I need to cook and make it look like this fantastic picture. You know, a lot of my food doesn't look like that. You know, it's family cooking. It's, it's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you get a lot of people that say, I won't buy your book because it's got no photos in it. And I like to see what I'm cooking, which is another, you know, absolutely, you know, people have got their opinions. Um, so I, I always think if, you, if you've got, you know, you'll use, even the internet, you know, you look at things, you'll look at pictures. Don't, don't worry too much about, you know, the end result. If you're, you know, you're a, a new cook, um, always experiment. You know, if you haven't got, I don't know, if you haven't got double zero flour and you've only got salmola flour, use salmola flour. If you haven't got eggs, you can use water to make pasta. If you haven't got golden caster sugar, you can use normal caster sugar or granulated sugar. Hmm. I think a lot of people follow recipes to the T or if they haven't got all those ingredients, they won't do that recipe. And I don't follow any recipe to the T, you know, I kind of just throw things in with baking. It's a little bit different. You need to be slightly more scientific about it, but, but generally, you know, I would always say my, my, one of my main tips would be keep your Parmigiano Reggiano rinds, any of your cheese rinds, because they make and add, incredible flavor to sauces Super i would tip. say sofrito is incredibly important so celery carrot and onion or i go for fennel celery and shallots anything like that with garlic into it make the fantastic bases um, of our sauces whether it be a red sauce or a white sauce um, i use vermouth instead of white vermouth dry vermouth when i make risotto instead of white wine okay. so it's always in the cupboard you get a bottle just whack it in the cupboard it's always there. You know, you don't need to save white wine to make it, or you don't need to open a bottle to make it. You can just enjoy it and drink it yourself. So vermouth works, works really well. There's so many things. Use your tomato vines when you have fresh tomatoes in your sauces because they add, they add fantastic tomatoey notes and you just discard them when you serve. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh, there's loads, I could tell you. You know, chickpea <laughs> water, balotti bean water, cannellini bean water, all of those get added, you know, into my sauces. So there's very little waste. The, the Southern Italian in me has no waste. Yeah. You know, there, there's, there's, there's minimum waste. So um, open your fridge, look what's in your fridge and kind of go from there. And I would say if anybody wants, they can get me on all my social media channels, Camilla's Kitchen, you can ask me questions, you know, say, Camilla, I've got this, this and this in the fridge. What do you reckon? What can I make? You know, and I, and I can help, but but all those little shortcuts and those little t- tips for getting maximum flavour out of your, you know, your your kind of your cupboard essentials, as it were, is the best thing. Because like you said, it's, it's sort of the typical Italian way is it's just not to waste anything. I think when I, I first started cooking, it was when I was 18 and left to go to university, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd do victory laps of the kitchen if I was able to do beans on toast correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody got me, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, Nigel Slater's Appetite book Fantastic. for Chris. And then it was that point, it was like, it was like, you know, the, the clouds had been lifted. It was a revelation. It's like, ah, okay. You know, recipes are not sort of restrictive. You can experiment, you know. Um, yeah, you absolutely can. You know, if you can't get hold of rainbow chard, you know, you can use Cavalanera, you can use spinach. You know, there's so many kind of different things. Um, you know, that you can use and you can bulk dishes out by adding lentils, beans and pulses. Mm. You know, there's, um, 
yeah, there's so many choices nowadays. I think we're so very lucky with the, the quality of ingredients that we have to hand. Um, you know, but I always say, I think the main thing really when it comes to cooking is to buy seasonally. Mm. Um, you know, I'm kind of quite a, quite a stickler for that as much as I can be. You know, my children still stay in the middle of winter. You know, when can we have strawberries again? You know, and I, you're not, not until the summer. So my children are now kind of, oh, we can't have those, can we, mummy, until, you know, the summertime. And, you know, my, my, one of my daughters is a vegetarian, nearly vegan, vegetarian. Mum, when can I have asparagus again? And I'm like, right, you've got eight, eight weeks that you can have asparagus. Yeah, we'll let you then, know. Yeah, that's it. So it's finished now, just, you know. And, yeah, so it's kind of buy, buy within the seasons if you can. And because um, everything tastes so much better. Yeah. It's, it's you know, grow it's, your own if you can. Yeah, exactly. um, whether it's on a window box and it's some fresh herbs you know it, it really these little things yeah definitely grow your own yeah i mean that, that's another thing that we love the family for downstairs not only do they grow their own stuff downstairs and bring it up we've got um they redid their outdoor kitchen a few weeks ago and put in some more planters and then we came back from work one day and so the, the father was sort of going, come here, come here, come here. I want to show you something. And um, they built us a whole um, garden upstairs. So sort of stone planters where, because they knew that we liked growing our own fruit and veg as well. And as you said, there's nothing better than picking their own. Oh, it just isn't a tomato off the vine. Yeah. They'll say, they'll say look, looks as if we're going to have a glut of tomatoes fairly, fairly shortly. But. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, you're obviously a fanatical home cook, but even, even you have to have a night off. So either, you know, if you decide to eat out, what would be your ideal meal, do you think? Um, I, I eat everything. I mean, I, I enjoy absolutely anything. Um, if I'm, believe it or not, if I'm with the family and we go out for dinner, we will always go for Italian. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, because... Um, my eldest, uh, my one of my sons, Santino, is all he'll eat is Italian food, so it just makes our lives a little bit easier. Um, but I, I generally, I generally, you know, eat anything, any everything. There's nothing that I, I favour more. I probably do love Italian food more than than anything else. But equally, I'm mad for curries and Chinese and Thai and yeah. Japanese. You know, I don't really have um, necessarily a preference. But my desert island dish would be my mum's lasagna with boiled eggs, um, a nice a nice ragu, nice sugo, loads of parmigiano, mozzarella, and no bechamel. Um, and it's just layered. And it's 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 if she ever asks me, and she does quite often, what you know, what should I cook for dinner, or what do you want to have, or nee, 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 nee. and I'll always say, you know, always lasagna, mum. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how good a cook you are. Trying to replicate something that your mum's made is, you know, it's just an impossible. It's just impossible. I've stood with her. I've made it with her. And um, still, I swear to God, she's hiding some secrets from me because mine still does not taste like my mum's. Yeah. There's something that she's not given you in her little black book of recipes, certainly. But when you were describing that, it, it's getting on towards 12 o'clock here and my stomach... I'm, so I'm surprised it's not being picked up on the microphone, for example. So if in your kitchen then, what three things could you not be without, do you think? In my kitchen, I would probably say um, 
in terms of what utensilly kind of like equipment wise um utensils ingredients anything in your kitchen um what ingredients wise would have to be extra virgin olive oil okay yeah um it's just three is just impossible isn't it but i'm gonna have to say salt (laughs) Mm-hmm. olive oil i'm gonna to have to say salt and i'm gonna to have to say tin tomatoes yeah um but in all my cookbooks i put my larder ingredients at the back because i like to have a you know a stocked larder so i've got quite a lot of key ingredients but yeah i'd say salt extra virgin olive oil um and tin tomatoes pelapi tomatoes or cherry tomatoes mm-hmm. and in terms of equipment i would definitely say a food processor Okay. Um, my Makata pasta machine um, and a good sharp knife. Yes. Yeah. Good. yeah. People people buy sort of about fifty seven knives yeah. from these from these TV deals. Last. Yeah. One, they won't last, and two, they go bland. Just get a good knife, something that will last you a lifetime. We've gone through all your history, then, Carmela. So now things, fingers crossed, are starting to open up. So what are your plans for the year then? Mm-hmm. Um, well, at the moment, I'm just writing a proposal for my next cookbook, mm-hmm. which um, I need to get cracking on, really, um, and, uh, and see if it will be accepted. So that's my, my job um, until the end of August. And now, I mean, I, I work for about six cookery schools in the UK. And because Boris has now decided that we're able to lift restrictions um, in July, it means that my supper clubs can now reopen and they... Um, they sell out. I'm so very lucky. I've got such a great following in Northamptonshire and they sell out more or less as soon as the dates are released. So, um, yeah, so my supper clubs and obviously with, with, um, events, I've got lots of events around the UK for, oh gosh, for various food festivals, um, and what have you. So yeah, so it's a good busy day, a, a good busy, um, time ahead. And then I think I'll just have to regroup for next year in terms of, being able to travel again. So um, I just, we, I mean, we, we were due to be going away in the summer for, for three weeks as we do every year um, to our villa, but I actually cancelled it off my own back. And I just thought I can't actually do with all the, the stress and the hassle. Yes. So um, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, it's unnecessary uh, this year. Um, so I'm just going to focus on getting the business uh, where it needs to be now um getting back into classes because there's lots of people that are waiting for classes mm. and events and things like that so yeah focusing back on on the business and um hopefully eating out in some lovely uh lovely restaurants to support some you know some fabulous independence at some point as well so yeah so support the local producers and obviously you know everybody says yeah. on social media that if you book and you can't go people let them know absolutely it's just manners isn't it yeah it's just manners one it's good manners and two you know these people have had a really tough time they need as much income as they can get at the moment oh well well, thank you very much for your time today carmel it's been an absolute joy talking to you as i say thank you now (laughs) yeah me too as i say definitely stomach (laughs) saying it's it's lunchtime now but yep so we've met virtually hopefully either when we come back over to england we'll meet up at a show or if you do get over to do one of your cooking things in Rimini or whatever, we'll meet up there. Yeah. Okay. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks again. Thank you. Take All care. right. You too. Bye-bye.